You know, I always like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 101 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to get into. Which era was better, the Four Horsewomen era of NXT ladies or this era of NXT ladies? We have a lot of topics to hop into. First, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at linktr.ee slash 2 pod. That's the number 2 sweet P-O-D on Twitter at 2 pod and at OMG Corey B. So, I'm not going to waste any time, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to hop into this thing right now. I asked the question on Twitter, got a lot of responses. So, we're going to hop into the tweets first and then we're going to break it all down. Which era was better? Four horsewomen era of NXT ladies or this era gonna hop into the tweets gonna be about five minutes of tweets or so so buckle up first up we had SCW wrestling channel they said for me it's hard to beat the four horsewomen era of NXT but the current crop are an exceptionally exceptionally talented group I like that response right down the line uh, next up we had at CG smarts with a Z I'm gonna say the current era. He went with the current era. And man, the responses are very even. Look, we look at the at Ultra Wrestling, Ultra and Ortiz Wrestling Podcast that I have a soft spot for the four horsewomen because the four way takeover match they had in 2015 helped to reignite my love for wrestling after having not watched for seven and a half years. Look, that match for me, if I'm being totally honest, is is excuse me, Sasha Banks versus Bailey at NXT Takeover. That one just gave me love for women's wrestling. Moving on, we had Nate Bell in eight. F-E-L-L at Nick Bell. He's becoming a regular on the podcast. He said, this era, they hit harder. They're more brash. The four horsemen era, they had to walk on eggshells to make sure they didn't upset the wrong people. <laughs> and he said, remember, it was originally Sasha Charlotte and Summer Rae as the BFFs. Man, that was bad. I'm just going to say that right off top. Thank you for your response. Moving on, we got the at hit the ropes pot. They said this era now the roster is way deeper and women are more free to do things in their matches. A very great point. Moving on, we had at High Red G 2020 era. He's going with this era. Moving on, we had at Nathan TEW3. He said four horsewomen laid the groundwork for how great the division is today. So I think it's just a matter of perspective. That is a great take, a great down the line take and a great perspective on the situation. Next up, we had Halifax Ninja. He says, definitely this era, the four horsewomen are all great, but I feel the majority of the current women's division on NXT are all amazing. So that's another great take. And I gotta say there's an overriding narrative that I see within the replies and from my perspective. And I'll get to that. Moving on, we had at 2 Taya RWO. He said, This era, the horsewomen are already legendary, but NXT's women's division is currently unreal. You have so much talent that we don't even see 25% of the roster regularly. That is so true. Just so much talent in NXT right now. That is so true. We don't even see all of the ladies. Next up, we had at Pop Gun Chaos. He says, Which is better? Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario World? Oh, both for different reasons because that's the answer to it. I absolutely love that reply. I love me some Super Mario Brothers too. 
Uh, moving on, we had at Jerry Who. He says, any era with, with Shayna Baszler wins, hands down. An interesting take there. Uh, moving on, we had at the Mike Dove, four horsewomen by four. Moving on, we had low underscore Diabalo. This era easily. So, like I said, it is very even back and forth as to who liked whom. Uh, moving on, we had at Satchmo Bad Chapo. He responds with a Snoop gif that says, who? And I mean, I don't know. I don't know what vote that is for. I'm not entirely sure. But moving on to at Ethan Craddock. Oh, one. He said this era is by far the best era of the women's division of NXT there's ever been. A very strong stance. I'm going to take a, a strong stance myself. We're going. We had a at a kid two three two three said this era way more talent from top to bottom that is an interesting take we're going we have the line drive uh, he says this era easily at anthony brown 175 says i can't choose Shoot, i can't choose i understand that take entirely uh at ruben 141 96754 says four horsewomen uh moving on we had at jarek this Rosiers, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. He says, um, NXT sucks right now. So that should answer your question. I'm assuming that he's going with the full horse women. Ah, uh, so a lot of responses, but here's the overriding narrative, ladies and gentlemen. We both, we all, well, not all, but the greater majority of us absolutely love both eras. And I appreciate all of your responses. It was very even and down the middle. I'll make this a weekly thing that, you know what? I'll throw a question out. We'll talk, talk it on the podcast. I'll respond. So I'll try to make that a weekly thing. We'll see. Moving on, this is how we're going to break this down. We're going into 2019 versus 2015. Uh, the 2015 era. We're going to go about one year only. I'm sure we can do many years, but that would take all day. And I think that 2015 represents nearly enough of that era of the Four Horsemen. 2019 represents this era, so we're going to go with one year. Promos, in-ring, ability, character, consistency, impact, top-end talent, and depth. That's how we're going to break all of this down, ladies and gentlemen. So, the rosters. Four Horsewomen from then. Four Horsewomen, Emma. Carmella, Oscar, Nia Jackson, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Eva Marie, Blue Pants, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, the NXT era now, Shannon Baszler, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Bianca Belair, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Mercedes Martinez, Chelsea Green, Nikki Cross, if we're counting all of 2019, Nikki Cross, Kyrie Sane, we gotta count them in there as well, Shotzi Blackheart, Casey Kenton, Zero, Kaden Carter, Leah, Tanera, Conti, Vanessa Bourne, Zia Lee, and Santana Garrett. So, from an promo perspective, I gotta say that really the only two that really caught my eye or ear in this case from a promo perspective from the era back then are Sasha Banks and maybe Charlotte Flair. I'm barely on Charlotte Flair, but Sasha Banks is the one when I look at the list that I have here. Uh, Alexa Bliss really caught on to me when she got on the main roster ah she was decent and i guess i can count on on here as well i'm going to count alexa bliss on on here as well as far as promos goes so sasha banks maybe charlotte flair and alexa bliss was ones that got my attention from a promo perspective as it pertains to now 
Shayna Baszler, I like on the mic. She is very believable. Ah, uh, Bianca Belair is decent on the mic. She has some work to do, but she's getting there. I like her. Me and Yim, I like. And you look at the list of names, and there's a lot of names that I thought are decent on the mic. Rhea Ripley, I think, is very believable on the mic. So I gotta say that this era of ladies wins from a promo perspective in my opinion i think it is more consistent when you look at down the roster there are more names and it's just more believable from an uh from a excuse me from a depth perspective and looking at it that back then there were only a few ladies that caught my ear from a promo perspective in ring ability look i gotta say that you know what? I loved Sasha in the ring from that era. I loved Charlotte. I loved Bay. I loved all the four horsemen from an in-ring perspective from that era. Emma, I absolutely love. Oscar is my all-time favorite. If you shall know, I got a, just a big old soft spot for Oscar. That, that, that just be clear. Those are the ladies for me. When I look at it past that, there's a huge drop in my as estimation as it pertains to in-ring ability. Looking at this era, man, you got to get like 10, 11, or 12 deep before you say, you know what? There's a drop here as far as in-ring ability. Now, they may or may... For me, Oscar's the best wrestler of the bunch. If we're just doing the best wrestler, okay, the era from them has it. But we're doing rosters overall. And I clearly got to give the in-ring to this uh, era... Because so many ladies in this era can go from an in-ring perspective. I definitely got to give it to this era. Moving on to character. The characters that I was sold on. If you look at back then. I was sold on Sasha Banks. And ba Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Asuka. The characters that got me back then. I started. I wasn't into Becky Lynch's character. I was not into. We're not talking about the man here. Talk about Becky Lynch uh, back then. I was sold into her in-ring work, but character never really did it for me. I uh, passed that. Look, I liked Emma as well from a character uh, aspect. If I didn't count Emma as from an in-ring aspect, please forgive me on that. Emma should have been in ring, but it's still not enough to push it toward that era as far as in ring goes. But from a character perspective, I like the Lexa Bliss. And that is it for me as it pertains to that era. era. From a character perspective, here in this era, Shayna Baszler, Real Ripley, uh, the, the new Dakota Kai is a heel. Uh, Bianca Belair, Mia, Jim Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, I like as a character. Uh, Nikki Cross, just. Look, the amount, the wealth of talent, uh, the wealth of the depth of characters as it pertains to this division uh, for the ladies. Now, I gotta give it to the ladies now as it pertains to character. Uh, moving on into consistency, I gotta give it to this era as well because consistently every single week, there's a nearly, uh, nearly every single week, I can't say every single week, nearly every week, there's a banger. Uh, as far as matches go uh, So I give that to this era as well as far as impact goes This is the one where I give to the previous era look I love the ladies now But they are sitting at the table that the previous era set so as it pertains to impact 
I got to give that to the four horsewomen. I got to give that to Asuka. I got to give that to Emma. Look, that era set the bar uh, for what is to be now. Alexa Bliss as well. Just that era I got to give to Impact. Top end talent. You know what? I'm going to go with a push here. Because top end talent, you look at four horsewomen. Uh, Asuka, Emma, Alexa Bliss. Ah. Uh, I wouldn't put Carmella quite in there because she was more known as the hype woman for Enzo and Cass. That's their fault at that time. But top end talent, I'm going to give it a push because you look at the top end talent now and nearly all the ladies are top end talent. Like you got to get so far down the line before you look at a huge drop off once again. So I'm going to give it a push in that perspective as it pertains to depth. It is like a, a laughable question to get into depth. The ladies now have it. And look at the end of the day overall, I never realized how wide a gap this was. The ladies now are better than the ladies then. That is my opinion and it is by far in my estimation. And look, I absolutely love the women back then oscar is my all-time favorite sasha banks and bailey at nxt takeover made me fall in love with women's wrestling but i gotta be uh objective here and say the ladies have it now there's nothing wrong with that that's not to say that the ladies back then are bad but look the ladies now just have them that's just my opinion and that is my estimation i love both eras but the ladies now have it so moving on from that ladies and gentlemen speaking of ladies Bianca Belair, look man, I'm sitting there watching NXT last night, I'm going to try to get into the NXT uh, review later on, but Bianca Belair interrupts a match between Chelsea Green and Kaden Carter, she jumps in in a quick 30 seconds, pulls a Scott Hall, jumps in in the middle of the match, says she wants a piece of Charlotte Flair, and I'm putting that PG wise because this is a PG podcast, but look man, I said on this very podcast last week, Look, WWE, you better be careful because Bianca Belair and Naomi could gain some Kofi Kingston S momentum. And who knows? This could be WWE's plan all along. But if the plan is Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, and that is the, the match that you want to have, I said it. I said, look. If you don't want her to catch some type of Kofi Kingston momentum, then you better get her out of the storyline entirely. And here it is. Bianca Belair is still in this storyline and the crowd absolutely popped for this lady. And look, here it is. I'm here to say that they have no choice but to put her in that match at WrestleMania. It has to be a three-way now because the fans are going to demand it if you keep her inside of this storyline with Rhea Ripley, with Charlotte Flair. The fans are just going to get behind her. They look. We have seen this with Kofi Kingston. We've seen it with Daniel Bryan. The fans are just going to make their choice. And Miyaka Belair has been painted as the underdog for this entire storyline. If you keep her around, the fans are going to Get behind her and look, man. I saw that that promo last night from Bianca Belair, and the, look, man. The great ones. I'm gonna pay her a huge compliment. The great ones in the and and talking about in wrestling history. I mean, the great ones have, have an innate ability to make you believe. 
And sometimes you look at some characters throughout wrestling history and you see them cut a promo and you say that that guy or girl is not playing a character. That is just them. And that for the first time is what I said about Bianca Belair last night. It didn't look like she was playing a character. It didn't look like she was the EST of NXT. It looked like that's who Bianca Belair really was and she wanted a fight. So I am behind Bianca Belair 100%. And I cannot wait to see where this storyline goes. It better end up with Bianca Belair in that title match. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on into Otis, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Otis, WWE SmackDown I'm watching, and I'm like, okay, this is the big date. I, I, look, I just want to say, I absolutely hate how WWE has me invested into this storyline. Look, I, look it, it is what it is. You got me, WWE, all right? Normally, your stupid cheesy stuff doesn't really draw me in, but this one, the hook, line, and sinker, I'm like a fish at the bottom of the ocean, and you got the bait, and I'm just biting at it. Good job, WWE. Well done. So, Otis is going out on the date, and he gets there late, ladies and gentlemen, and guess what? Dolph Ziggler is there, putting the moves on Mandy Rose. Otis throws down the flower, and guess what? Immediately, I see tweets of, man, I feel bad for Otis. I feel bad for Otis. And you know what? I don't feel bad for Otis. You know what? In the immortal words of Vince McMahon, Otis screwed Otis. That's all I got to say. He showed up to the date 30 minutes late, had that woman waiting. Look, he showed up and didn't do anything about it. Look, he's not going to fight for Mandy Rose. You just going to stand there and let Dolph Ziggler be on the date? Look, it ain't Dolph Ziggler's fault that Otis showed up late. It's Otis' fault. He screwed himself. He didn't stand up for himself when he got there. <laughs> and gentlemen, this is all on Otis, not Dolph Ziggler. So go hate on somebody else. Don't hate on Dolph Ziggler. We'll see how it all plays out going forward. But in the meantime, Otis screwed Otis. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking at the end of NXT TakeOver. And Ciampa is about to win the championship. And out of nowhere, Gargano screws over Ciampa. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's looking like, and it's no longer looking like, it is going to be Gargano versus Ciampa at some point. Uh, maybe NXT TakeOver WrestleMania weekend. I got to say, ladies and gentlemen, I am over this feud. I understand that it's going to be a phenomenal matchup. But, like, we could have done some more things. We could have been more creative. I am tired of Gargano versus Ciampa. It reminds me a little bit of John Cena versus Randy Orton. At some point, they just had to say, this is going to be the last match. We cannot do this anymore. And I feel like we're already at this at that point. We just cannot do this anymore with Gargano and Ciampa. It is going to be a phenomenal feud. Maybe it's a loser leaves NXT matchup. Uh, so it's gonna be a phenomenal excuse me, it's gonna be a phenomenal matchup. But the feud is played out in my estimation. Maybe that's just me. I just do not want to see it uh going forward. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh I see I want to just get to a quick Chris Bay, ladies and gentlemen. He is now assigned to Impact Wrestling. I'm very excited for it. I'm happy about that. That guy's one of the greatest uh, guys on the independent scene now with Impact. AEW had a chance. They fumbled the bag. Cody mentioned that he wanted to go after him. That guy had been in the independent scene. But props to Impact. They jumped on him. They didn't talk about it. They just jumped on him. And I'm very, very happy for Chris Bay. I'm already fantasy booking this dude in Impact Wrestling. I cannot wait to see how it turns out. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hop into the AEW review. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Ah, uh, this was look. This was AEW's best dynamite dynamite that they have ever had. Network showing of dynamite that they have ever had. Ah, uh, we had the tag team battle royal. This was a phenomenal match. Ah, uh, Scorpio Sky had a tremendous dive in this match. Ah, uh, look, man, the house battle between Luchasaurus and Butcher was great as well. I loved every bit of that. Ah, the spot of the match to me was the Orange Cassidy said The crowd popped for that. That crowd was hot all night long, man. But when it came down to the end, we had LAX versus Matt Jackson, and they had a great mini matchup, which ended up with Matt Jackson winning. And Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, will move on to AEW Revolution. And like I said, that was a tremendous opener. I enjoyed every single bit of that. Well done, AEW. Moving on, we had Shauna versus Chris Statlander. This was a decent match at best. I wouldn't call it a great match, but it was an enjoyable match. We had a boop off, for goodness sakes. Ah, for me, I thought it was going to be a squash. I thought Chris Statlander was just going to get her up out of that, but that made it into a decent matchup. Chris Statlander picks up the victory. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen. And I enjoyed the buildup of Chris Statlander because that is one character that I'm starting to get invested into. Moving on, we had another Rose promo, ah, which was tremendous, man. Very believable. Talking about how she get, when she gets mad, she breaks women. I'm not going to say what she said, but it was interrupted by Chris Statlander. It was interrupted by Big Swole, and we had a tremendous face off with Big Swole and Nala Rose and Chris Statlander. And I look, man, give me my triple threat match because... You think I'm interested in Chris Statlander? I'm a huge fan of Big Swole, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Moving on, we had John Moxley versus uh, Jeff Cobb. This was a really this was a good matchup. Didn't go for very, very long. Moxley got the sneak cover after the suplex. I thought that they did that very well. They protected Jeff Cobb. Moxley gets the win because they don't have Jeff Cobb signed to a contract. Ah, it was very well done. We had a Moxley beatdown after that from the inner circle. And this brought up Dustin Rhodes. The lights go off. And I'm like, okay, what's happening here? You know, when lights go off in wrestling, it's like, hold up, wait a minute. Darby Allen's music hits and the crowd goes absolutely mental. What a pop for Darby Allen. This guy is going to be a huge star. I cannot wait to see what happens years down the line for Darby Allen. Uh, he clears the ring. Uh, Moxley clears the ring. Then it's just down to Jericho and Moxley. They get into it as we hype NXT. Excuse me, Lord have mercy. As we hype AEW Revolution more and more. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had the Lucha Brothers versus Hangman and Omega. This was a tremendous matchup, ladies and gentlemen. Tremendous near falls. Uh, Ray Phoenix doing tremendous spots. We had an, a Canadian destroyer, transitional Canadian destroyer. You know, I absolutely hate that. But a phenomenal matchup that Hangman and Omega picks up the victory with the greatest tag team finisher going today. Uh, they pick up the win. They will face off with the Young Bucks at AEW Revolution. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, we had Cody versus Wardlow. Wardlow, excuse me, I always mess up his name. And it was inside a cage match. That cage looked like a hell in a cell. That thing was huge, ladies and gentlemen. And just the, the visual of it, I cannot even imagine what the visual was inside the arena. But we had a, what was a good matchup? Cody got busted open very early. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if it was planned or not. But he was wearing the Ric Flair, the Dusty Rhodes Crimson Mask. 
uh, it was a very physical matchup. Orn and MJF got involved, but not to the point to where it took away from the matchup. Uh, Wardlow looked very impressive. I didn't know much about the guy inside the ring. He looked very impressive. He's going to fit well in that AEW division. Cody Rhodes hit a top rope moonsault, ladies and gentlemen, that just popped the crowd, popped me as well. He picks up the win here as we head into AEW Revolution. So finally, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hop into NXT last night. Ah, the Undisputed Era came out. Ah, we had a promo from the Undisputed Era. They were interrupted by Velveteen Dream. That hyped up the main event for later in the night. After that, ladies and gentlemen, I enjoyed that promo. You know what? I enjoyed Dream. I don't enjoy Dream playing such a heel character. Like, I understand that he kind of goes on between the face and the heel. He's kind of like a tweener at times, but he's just a downright heel here where Roddy Strong is supposed to be the heel. I don't necessarily like that. But moving on, we had Leo Rush versus Devlin for the Cruiserweight Championship. And this was a a good matchup. I enjoyed Devlin uh, with the limb targeting throughout the matchup. Uh, we had some really cool spots here as well. Leo, the Leo reverse round of the Leo Cook screw moons up. This was a good match. Jordan Devlin goes on to pick up the win. I think I had my expectations set a little too high. That's my fault. That's not their fault. It was a good match. Nonetheless, next up we had a Raquel promo with Dakota Kai. Ah, uh, Dakota Kai got booked in too. We, Raquel explained her actions, but they were quickly, excuse me, cut off by William Regal. He booked a steel cage match. Dakota Kai uh, versus Tegan Knox, and that should be very interesting. I think that's for next week on NXT. Moving on, Austin Theory came out to ringside. He was quickly interrupted by Ciampa. He wanted him a piece of Johnny Gargano. He knows why Johnny Gargano did what he did. And he cannot go on until there's no Johnny Gargano left in NXT. I thought that they really punked out Austin Theory here. He took a beat down from Ciampa. I didn't really like that. But nonetheless, the build for Gargano and Ciampa begins. Moving on, we have Raul Mendoza and Joe Queen Phoenix versus the Grizzled Young Vets. I enjoyed the fact that, you know what, we're getting some NXT UK tag teams in NXT. They're getting some time, and I very much enjoyed it. This was a decent match. I thought the match ended way too early. I thought that it could have gone a bit longer. It would have been a better matchup. But nonetheless, the Grizzled Young Vets pick up the victory here. I enjoyed the promo that Gibson cut after it. Said that they were there to take over NXT. I enjoyed it very much. So, moving on, we had the Broserweights out. They had a promo. Ah, very funny promo. They talked about how the Dust Cup was suspended for 30 days. How they partied so much. Look, I enjoyed the Broserweights' chemistry inside the ring. Ah, outside of the ring, as far as promo promos goes, Matt Riddle is funny, but it's, it's a strange fit. Ah, uh, when they're not wrestling, it's t you know what, I'm going to give it a chance. Maybe it gets better throughout time. But the promo was funny at the least. We had the Bros. Waits versus Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. This was a pretty decent match. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. I thought that they were just going to get him up out of there. going to be a quick two, three minute match. The Bros. Waits pick up the victory. But they really made Oni Lorch and Danny Burch look really strong throughout this match. And they made him look like believable contenders. So I got to give them credit there. I very much enjoyed the matchup. The Bros. Waits pick up the victory here. 
So, moving on, we had Keith Lee. He came out. Ah, he was about to cut a promo. He was quickly interrupted by Kona Reeves. We had a squash match there. Got Kona up out the paint. And then Dominic Nijakovic comes down. And, man, he is just making all kind of excuses about how and why he lost. Ah, he wanted the rematch. Keith Lee said that, you know what? He wants to do it again. We'll see. Where I can go for another Kid Lee Dominic Dijakovic match, but that one to me, if they do it again, that one has to be the last one. Next up, I already went, we had Katie Carter versus Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green picked up the win there. I already went down what Bianca Belair did in that match. Chelsea Green gets back on track. We'll see what happens with her going forward. Uh, last up, we had the main event. It was Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong. You know what? I had high expectations for this match. It's like the very first match of the evening. Look, I had very high expectations for the match. Didn't meet the high expectations. Maybe that's my fault and not their, their fault. It was a good main event. Nonetheless, I thought that I enjoyed Roderick Strong working over Velveteen Dream's back. Look, that's just a lost art in wrestling. Working over a limb in a match. It's such a lost art that I enjoy it when I see it. It was a tremendous matchup. Velveteen Dream picked up the win here, but the Undisputed Era would stand tall after they gave Velveteen Dream a beat down. A very good episode of NXT, a tremendous episode of AEW, a tremendous night of wrestling for me. That is it for those reviews. That is it for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know all of your thoughts to sweet pot and at omg Corey b whether that be on any topic the nxt women's topic any topic bianca bella let me know all of your thoughts there on twitter i am out